0: Our kids actually don't want to be the center of the universe. You are listening to Made For This Podcast. In this series, we are taking just a few weeks And we are talking about the well-being of our kids, the next generation coming, ages one to college. We are talking about the mental health of the generation coming. And it has been exciting to do this in the context of these great conversations we're having. So on Tuesdays, if you don't know, I release teaching that is biblical on the subject. And then on Thursdays, we release a conversation that I have with different experts, or stories to do with the subject. So if you guys haven't listened to the whole season, go back right now, catch up on weeks one, weeks two, this is week three. What I'm passionate about is that we all get on the same page that we are going to fight for this next generation, that we understand that the percentages are showing that they are under more pressure and that that's affecting their mental health in pretty significant ways. So I just want us to all be on the same page. And the way we're doing this, if you haven't read Get Out of Your Head Yet, you need to get it right now because the best way we can help is that our mental health is strong and we have the tools to help ourselves not live in toxic thought patterns. And then that we could take that same learnings that we have for ourselves and give that away to the next generation. That's the passion I have here. And so in the book, we talk about seven different enemies of the mind. And here we're tackling three of the most prevalent that I think are stressing out our kids. So the first one we talked about last week was anxiety. And this week, we're going to talk about self-importance. And I really believe these two are so tied together. Because when a kid thinks they're the center of your world, what happens is that just is a lot of pressure. It's a hard place for a kid to be. So one of the parents that spoke into our lives, the Taylors, before we were parents, I guess we were pregnant with our first, they said, you've got a choice to make as you enter this season of parenting. Right now, you and Zach care about your ministry and the world and you have a choice. You can put this new little baby in the center of your family and now care about that kid. Or you can add that kid and your future children to the circle of your missional hearts and family and put the world in the center and raise your kids on mission for God and his kingdom. And of course, we signed up for the, the second one and what that looked like for our family It was all kinds of things, but largely it meant that there would be games we miss and there would be things that we don't do as a family that other families get to do because we were really about building the kingdom of God through church planning, which was early in our marriage, through now ministry, through if gathering and different things, and even through business. My husband does that as well. And so a lot of times we have prioritized, I'm not saying we're prioritizing work ahead of the kids, but I'm saying as a family, we're gonna be a team on mission rather than a team existing completely for the the well being of our kids. And what that has been for them is they, the two that are grown would say, thank you so much for not making us the center of your universe because they're heading out into the world and they appreciate that our, our lives aren't over because they go and have a life themselves. That while we like them and we hope that we get to live close to them again one day and all that, and they know we we love, we love all that, we are for them obeying God and doing whatever he calls with their lives. And that has been, I think, a better experience for them as adult children now that they enjoy our relationship more because there's not so much pressure existing around it. So I want to start with some scripture, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another, in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. What Ephesians is talking about here is that we would keep our heads down, that we would be humble and gentle and patient and we would bear with each other in love. And that kind of lifestyle does not come if we think we are the center of the universe. And I think what we've looked at as being good, healthy parenting is making an idol out of our kids. And that is troubling on a few levels. One, it's idolatry when it comes to God. He says, you shall have no other God before me, that God needs to be the only idol of our heart and our lives. And then two, the pressure that puts on our kids is enormous, that they've got to measure up and meet our hopes and expectations for them in such a way, which we talked about last week, that they are just crumbling under the pressure of it. And that can be both relationally and achievement oriented, right? Like we can have expectations of the way they treat us for Mother's Day and the way that they, you know, come home when they're older or the way that they misbehave or make mistakes. All of a sudden, our identity and worth is tied up in their mistakes, which is way too much for a kid to carry. So what I want to talk about is how do we apply this verse to our parenting that we are urging Our kids to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which they have been called with all humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love. And I think the main way that we are able to train up our kids in godliness is to take them off the throne of our hearts. And I mean, they get put there the second they come out. And, you know, whether it's through adoption or through birth, where you put that baby or or toddler in, in a mama's hands. And of course, they are now the most precious thing. That's something about a mother's intuition where they're just existing to care for every need and to make sure that kid thrives is part of the way God has made us. And the problem comes when we don't keep the end in mind, when we don't remember that ultimately we are called to launch these humans into the world for the good of people and the glory of God. So when we keep the end in mind, we keep looser hands on them. So yes, we are doing what needs to be done so that they are taken care of physically and emotionally and mentally and relationally. But Ultimately, we're not doing that so that we get something in return. We're doing that so that we can launch the next generation into the world to carry out the purposes of God. And when we really have that mindset about parenting, it helps us hold them more loosely. And then, you know, it's cool when they make mistakes, when they let us down, all of a sudden we're able to handle that in a way that is wise and discerning rather than devastation. And we can't breathe because our happiness is tied to their happiness. There's a name for that. And it's called codependency. And it always leads to unhealth in relationships. And it's a fine line because prioritizing our kids is a very great value, but but making them the center of our entire universe where we make every decision as a family about you know, kids' soccer schedules or kids getting in a certain school or whatever, that, that, that just takes the trajectory of being a missional family, you know, making decisions for the glory of God and the good of people, and it turns it so inward that they grow up and they are so confused when they get to a job or they get to a marriage and the world is no longer revolving around them, they can't figure out why because they haven't known a different way. get to tell you a story that has been growing and in the making for over 15 years. My kids were five, three, and I had a newborn baby when I had a vision to create a resource for parents that could help us give our little kids a big view of God. My seminary days were in the midst of young kids, and I would go to class, and I would learn all of this theology that was absolutely changing my life. It was helping me understand God in some ways for the first time. I had grown up in the church, and yet the things I was learning were blowing my mind. And I wanted nothing more than to give my kids from a very young age a huge faith, a deep appreciation and love for the depth and beauty and mystery of God. There's so much to know about God, and yet we've relegated Him for kids to stories and vegetables and all these things that are good, but they're not God. They're not who He is in His core and essence and what He wants for them. My dream was to build tools and books and resources that would capture kids' imaginations and cause them to want God from such a young age and cause them to have a proper view of Him. and his love for them. So finally, after 15 years, it's time. We are launching Theology, giving little kids a big God. So here's what you need to do. If you want to be a part of this, go to Theoloby, T-H-E-O-L-A-B-Y. That's T-H-E-O-L-A-B-Y.com. And there you're going to be able to put in your email, June 2020, Theology is coming your way. We are so excited about it, and we want you to go on this adventure with us. So how do we have these kids that are humble, that are living in a manner worthy of Christ, with gentleness and patience and bearing with one another in love? And I'm gonna tell you right now, it's building kids where the world does not revolve around them, that they realize their mission purpose is to revolve around the world, to show and display God to their world in unique ways. And I'm not talking about all things ministry. I'm saying whatever they feel called to do, that they would do it in such a way that it's pleasing to God, that it represents God well. That's the goal. Now, I think getting your kids into different experiences where they can serve and try new things and see what their gifts are and find out how they can be part of helping the mission of God on earth is important. And that takes lots of different experiences as it has for all of us. But a huge value for Zach and I is that as our kids were growing up, we would notice what they're good at and put that in their minds and hearts so that they knew when they left the house what their gifts were and how they could contribute to the world and to people's welfare. But that looked like a lot of different things. Sometimes it was my daughter serving in, a local clinic. She's been doing that recently. And in fact, up until COVID, she was going to the clinic and Zach and I had to sit her down and say, okay, you're not a necessary worker. <laughs> you don't need to keep going and serving and bring Corona home. But I just love that that was such a passion of her. She did that all on her own. She went up there, applied and began to volunteer. My son started companies when he was young, and I mean companies, like several of them made quite a bit of money. He ran a snack locker out of his middle school, and he sold probably, I don't know, I think in a week he made $120, and then he started a fly fishing company that that helps kids get off technology and into nature. And he ran those camps for years and led devotions through that and really saw a lot of boys grow in their passion for the outdoors and get off technology. And so we always tried to instill in our kids that they have gifts and they have passions that are unique to them, that God's given them to use for the good of the world. And that started at such a young age for us. It started really early on because my husband was a church planner. And so we were all church planners. And in those early years, it was stacking chairs. It was setting up nurseries and setting up Sunday school classrooms and tearing those down. Our kids would be there till after one. And I would just say, whatever it looks like for you, find the places that as a family you can serve and minister together. Because building those experiences, my kids had the opportunity, one, to do things that did not revolve around them. Two to get their hands dirty to learn what they're good at and then three to interact with all different types of people in the local church they were able to get to know and help some of the elderly people in our church set up the nursery they were able to get to know some of the teenagers that were there serving they were able to interact with all different types of people and that helped i think for them build this confidence that they carry into the world so find these opportunities look for them dream with your family sit down every once in a while we do it once or twice a year where we sit down and reassess like what else do we see ourselves doing in the next season of our life and how are we serving and building the kingdom together if you're wondering where to even start with these conversations with the kids in your life we made a free tool for you to do just that if you go to jennyallen.com drop your email in you can get the free Get Out of Your Head Kids Toolkit. It has every free guide we've made all along the Get Out of Your Head journey, like anxious thoughts guide, the mind map, some convo cars, and we've boiled them down and made them for kids. So go to JennyAllen.com, drop your email in, and you can download that today.